Good morning, everyone. This is the Leafs Combo Podcast presented by Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, vanguardne.ca. I'm Norman James coming to you from London, along with my podcast partner in crime, Mike Augello, who is in Buffalo. We want to pour you a big cup of combo and get you ready for the day ahead. And of course, the big climax tonight, the Leafs and Lightning in a huge game, a monumental tilt that might preview, well, I don't know, a second round playoff series. We'll see. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Norman. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting match. And strangely enough, like like last year when the Leafs didn't play the Sabres, I think, until the, the second week in March, I, I think they, these teams have only played once. Uh, no, actually, they played both games in Tampa. They haven't played once in Toronto. They're playing uh, the Leafs again uh, the last game of the regular season. So it's, it's going to be a test on home ice against the best team in the league. But there have been a little bit of signs that Tampa's – you know, I mean, with, with six weeks to, or four or five weeks to go in, in the regular season, it's tough to keep up that competitive yeah. edge every game. So they may have a chance against them. But when we get to the playoffs, I mean, Tampa is so deep and so talented that, I mean, they, they have earned the legitimate uh, crown in terms of being the favorite for the Stanley Cup. Are we a smart fan base, Mike? And here I go. Are we, are we a smart fan base? I, I think Leaf fans collectively are among the – the most savvy and understanding and every team has its pocket of really omniscient and wise and sage fans. But what, what I'm finding a lot of right now with leaf supporters is this, this hope, this fantasy that Boston and Tampa will blow their wads early through huge play in the regular season. And that, all will be evened out by the time the Leafs find their game in the next, what do they play, 14? And yeah. they get to, they'll get to the playoffs. The Leafs will rise and all of these other teams will come back down to reality. Mike, we have to tip our hat to not only what the Bruins have done, I mean, losing finally yesterday, but Tampa Bay is playing like with reckless abandon. Like There is no time to waste. There is no time to spare. There's just one goal in mind, and that's winning a Stanley Cup. So... Maybe we should look at what's happening with Tampa right now and then this game in particular as soon-to-be king and the hopefully soon-to-be heir apparent in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, I mean, yeah, you have to tip your cap to to the Lightning. Um, But the thing is, is that this is a team with sort of unresolved issues when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, as good as they've been over the last four or five years, they got to the conference final once, they got to the Stanley Cup final (laughs) once. Um, they, have, they, they haven't won. It sounds anything. to me like and, the ascent you know, that you want to make, Mike. You want right, to take but, those steps. So the Leafs are want, need to take those steps too. What I'm saying is, nobody oh. nobody has to sit back and enjoy Tampa's ride here. I've always talked about the Leafs changing oh. history, interjecting and rewriting things. But let's face facts. Tampa has done remarkably well, and if the Leafs were in that position, I'm sure a lot of Leaf fans would look around and say, "Give us our just desserts because we deserve it." Yeah, and the Leafs have a a, a great and uh, intelligent and talented fan base. I mean, Sting is a Leaf fan, so uh, but, uh, <laughs> I love the guys, the King, man, the yeah, Police. But, Come on, in their hay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but but to, to to your point, it's like I mean, yes. If if the Leafs were in the Lightning position, I think I have a feeling the Leaf fans would be understandably arrogant about their team because. Mm-hmm they'd be the best in the league. And that's, that's only natural. But I mean, right now, I think the, the Leaf fans have to be looking at this team skeptically because 
right now, you know, that it, they play a game against Edmonton where for 58 minutes they were perfect. Yeah. They, you know, they, they're up 3 nothing. They shut down McDavid. And then in the final minute and 40 <laughs> seconds, I know. they lose their, they lose their all concept yeah. of what they're doing. That's Zach Cassian almost tie the oh. game. Clear break. I mean, that, that, that's, see, that is the problem. They could be up and not to bring back bad memories, folks. They could be up four to one in the third period of game seven against the Bruins at TD garden this year, not five, six years ago, but this year and still blow it because they have that in them still. And that's a product of the fact that they don't have a good enough defense. And over the last two games, um, they're playing the top four of Zaitsev, Hainsey, Riley, and Muzzin, 24 to 25 minutes a night, playing the bottom pairing who he doesn't mm-hmm. trust, about 11 minutes. And at the end of the third period, these guys are spent. Yeah. That is the recipe for victory in the playoffs. This is the Leafs Combo, brought to you by Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada, the earth. I don't want to get on Leaf fans. I, they're our constituency. They're 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 the people who click on our items and check us out, and I love them. I love them all, but I can't stand a lot of them either because the, the, every Leaf fan is smarter than another Leaf fan. And when we talk about things, we're just having a discussion about hockey. For some reason, mm-hmm. the 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 reaction is personal against like it's us. We're dumb or stupid for bringing something up. We're not anti anything. We're just talk. It's it's convo over coffee. We're having. A discussion about the team that we love, you know, listen to it, take it for what it is and, and do your thing. Mike and I are not the bane of the existence of the Maple Leafs. We want the team to win just as much as we think. Michael, when you see Tampa tonight and you've got the Leafs lined up, I, I, I know the initial reaction is, well, it's David versus Goliath. But to be honest with you, it's Goliath it's the contemporary Goliath and potentially Goliath 2.0 whenever that Goliath wants to finally emerge as being, you know, a dominant force. Do you get a sense tonight that maybe the Leafs will be able to give the Lightning a preview in some way, maybe over a period, over, over a certain span of the game, uh, give the Lightning a preview of what's coming up in the rearview mirror in the Eastern Conference and maybe a, a little bit of a reminder that light, the Lightning, you guys have played like you want to win a cup, you better stay the course because if you guys hiccup, you got another blue and white team coming at you real hard. Well, remember the second game in Tampa. They they didn't dominate, but they played extremely well and won that game against the Lightning uh, in their home building. So it, it is possible, and there are some people who believe, and I, I think this is a valid point, that the Leafs match up better against Tampa this year because Tampa is more of a talent speed team, but they have some aggressiveness as well, that they match up better with them than they match up against Boston. So mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I buy into that. So, I, you know, to your point, the thing is the Lightning – there are going to be changes with that team this year because of the salary cap. They're not going to, you know, they have Braden Point, who's basically the same guy uh, in Tampa that Mitch Marner is in Toronto in the sense that he's an RFA. He's going to expect to get paid big. They're going to have to clear salary out to, to sign him. There's going to be changes on that roster. You know, they're probably going to have to move out a guy like Ryan Callahan because his, he's making too much and he's uh, not as much of a contributor as he used to be, or Tyler Johnson. So, you know, this, this is not going to be the same team next year. So mm-hmm. that, that, that'll be the opportunity. And this is not going to be the same Leaf team next no. year because 
if they fall short, if they, if they don't win a round. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that uh, Travis Yost, uh, who used to be a, a compatriot of mine at Hockey Buzz, who now works for TSN, put out a question, and I don't think he did it, did it as, a tro- as a trollish thing. He put out a question, you know, what is the reaction of the Leafs if they lose in the first round? And my response was, well, I would hope that they would finally decide that they need a top four defenseman like they've needed for the last mm-hmm. couple of years. And they got Muzzin, but they're going to lose Gardner, and they're going to yeah. need that guy again. But that's the thing. It's an evolution. Teams change. And we know this is the Leafs as they are now. The deadline is passed. And can they win around? And if they can't, then what will they do in the summer to change that? I know what a lot of fans would like if the Leafs lose in the first round. Fire Mike Babcock. Make William Nylander the captain. Trade Mitch Marner for a bag of pucks. Look, a lot of fans, what they want is a goodwill showcase series uh, between the Leafs and Lightning that we'd probably see between Frolunda and Jokeret, a ballerina dance-off. I don't know, when, when we're talking about the playoffs to come, why we don't draw on our experience in every other effing playoff in the history of the NHL when we project what's to come. Not every series is going to be the same. I, I want to see a team like Tampa go on a run, rip through the playoffs, and, and win in a variety of ways, but at the core of the, you know, the operation, it's, I mean, it's skill and speed and not necessarily finesse. I mean, what, what kind of finesse are we talking about in the NHL? But I'd like to see them, you, you know, use that core value of their game to, to succeed, but also draw upon other aspects to help get the job done. So we can see, as people who are hopeful that our team is going to win a Stanley Cup, we can see what it really takes. Mike, we want to talk about some of the, the depth signings that the Maple Leafs made over the last couple of days. Nothing too extravagant. We don't have to bill it with a ton of pomp and circumstance. But, again, these are the, the nuts and bolts of an operation. These are the things that have to be done when you continue to build, uh, not necessarily in a sexy way, but in a way that, um, in a lot of ways, will uh, pay dividends down the line. Well, it, it's Kyle Dubas getting the business done that he can get done. And that, you know, when you can get signings put in the, put in the bank, and you can clear them out of the way. You can concentrate more on the big signings that will happen in the summer. And, you know, like, like you said, it was uh, Andreas Borgman and, and Garrett Sparks on one-year extensions, and Borgman might be in the mix for the top six next year. And we know Sparks, unless he's traded, will be probably the backup behind Freddie Anderson next year. But he'll be a UFA after that. And you have to factor in that they have a couple young goaltenders in the system and Joseph Wall and uh, and Ian Scott, who you know might be in the future, that you know comes in a year or two after that, so they might plug the gap with a veteran guy rather than re-sign Sparks on a long-term deal. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to look at, at the at the landscape. They uh, they signed uh, one of their uh, 2018 draft picks uh, in Mac Hollowell, who's having a great year yep. leading the OHL in, in defensive scoring. Now, you know, there's a concern that he's 5'10 and 160 pounds, but there is room in the NHL for smaller skilled defensemen. So he might be somebody who uh, has the abilities because of his speed and his creativity that to make the NHL in a couple of years, we'll see. Uh, the, the, more, the most interesting thing is not a signing as of yet, but um, one of my colleagues in Russia, Igor Orenko, um, mentioned yesterday. <laughs> Mike, one of your colleagues in Russia? Never thought I would hear you reveal one of your colleagues in Russia. How, many, how, often, have you, how often have you and I gone on about socialism versus capitalism? And the fact you have a colleague in Russia, Mike, I, I honestly thought 
I well, mean, his, not, his name is not Leon Trotsky. Um, but, <laughs> but, is he yeah, that Bruce no. Chap's great, great, great grandson? Yeah, no, but Igor, Igor Renko, who I, no, I, he's I, a great I, guy. He's, he does a great job for sure. And, and ba- basically he is, he is meant, he mentioned yesterday that uh, Igor Korshkov, the Leafs second round pick uh, after Matthews in the 2016 draft, um, his team uh, uh, locomotif, uh, is playing in, I think, the second round of the playoffs against uh, SKA St. Petersburg. And if they lose, that uh, Korshkov will be heading over to North America and sign with the Leafs. Now, that probably means going to the Marlies like Pierre Engvall and Carl uh, Grundstrom did at the end of the mm-hmm. SHL season last year. But he's a guy that we really haven't seen at any development camps, any mm-hmm. prospect camps, any, any training camps at all. He's a really an unknown commodity. He's like Ivan Drago. We don't know much about him. <laughs> uh, Kyle Dubas went over to, uh, <laughs> went over. poor Mike, what? poor you. You try to be, you try to be serious here. And I'm just effing around. He's a player that, uh, that I, I think, you know, could be in the mix in the next year sure. or two. But again, it's somebody we have to see to actually determine that. Funny thing. You brought up Russia. Did you know that the Leafs are modeling their whole existence in a locomotif? Uh, boy, where's the, where's the rim shot? <laughs> but I get back on Carson with that one. Look, just to, to summarize here, I don't like any other team. I have no second favorite team. My kids always ask me, Mike, what's your second favorite team? What's your third favorite team? You know, that's the way kids act. Oh, geez, you take a shot at my kid, you're banned for life. Never do it. Um, but the, the thing is, I don't have any other teams. I like, I, I want the Leafs to win. I, that's all, honestly, that's all I really care about. And I, what I tell Leaf fans too is don't get caught up in chirping with Oilers fans. Uh, I don't know if, do you see the Terry Jones tweet this, the other day? I, I'm not I trying to take not. it. Ridiculous. Why are, why are Canadians fans when they travel to, to Edmonton so much classier? What, what, what is it about them that uh, we like and that all of a sudden now, all of a sudden Habs fans when they travel on the road are, the class of the place and, and so welcoming and, and warm hearted and Leaf fans are the exact opposite. I don't think the Leafs are ready to win a Stanley cup yet. It's, it's, it's gotta be close Mike, because these guys are starting to come into their own. You know, you don't want to be thinking, well, you know, by the time Mitch Marner hits the 10 year mark, maybe we'll be able to hoist one. The way Tampa has operated the tenacity and the veracity of which it wins games and just moves forward is an indicator that this is Tampa's Stanley Cup to lose. If you're hoping that the team that's much better than you is going to fall apart because they've already played too well, and you've been kind of dilly-dallying through the season and think that you're just all magically going to uh, emerge as a front-runner, even though you have no pedigree and no history of doing so, we're, we're li- we, we've got to get out of fantasy. Let's get into reality and also keep our fingers crossed that – by some in some way shape or form the Leafs can do something miraculous and move the chains ahead and try to get this thing done before we believe they can last word to you Mike yeah uh this week we're going to probably find out the status of Jake Gardner uh Chris Johnston on on, uh, Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday uh mentioned that uh they're going to see that after shutting him down for a couple weeks whether his back is not barking as much as it used to if it is then probably will get back in the lineup before the end of the season and if it hasn't stopped then I could see maybe season ending surgery now he didn't say that but I have a feeling that with him going into unrestricted free agency and the back still bothering him that he'll probably go down that road but we'll see prediction on tonight Mike three to two Leafs in overtime go pour yourself a big cup of combo and try to forget the memories of 
our convo. I know you can't because you love it. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks, Norman. The Leafs Combo is brought to you by Vanguard Northeast Realty. With over 15 years' experience, Vanguard provides superior level of service for commercial real estate tenants and owners. For more information, visit vanguardne.ca. Good morning. This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, vanguardne.ca. I'm Norman James in London, Ontario, joined as always by Mike Agello in Buffalo, New York. Leafs, Blackhawks tonight. Should be a lot of fun, we hope. So to get ready for it, let's pour a big cup of combo and start right now. Michael, how are you? Good morning, Norman. Uh, I'm well. Uh, how are you Not doing? Not too bad. I'm over that loss to the Lightning. Uh, thankfully, we put this Morgan Riley nonsense in the rearview mirror, too. Let's focus on the Blackhawks, knocking them all over the place, and then moving forward towards what we know is definitely going to be a first-round series matchup with the <clears throat> Bruins. Well, I, I look I look at the the schedule ahead of the Leafs right now, and it's you know an opportunity to gain ground. I mean, Boston lost their second uh, consecutive game in regulation uh, on Tuesday in Columbus. Uh, the Leafs are four points behind them with a game in hand, and if you look at the three games and four nights they embark. Uh, starting tonight against the Hawks, they play Philadelphia, who's out of the playoffs right now, but you know trying to get back in the race on Friday, and then they play at Ottawa on Saturday. So it's three non-playoff teams that, that you should beat, but we've known, you know, this season the, the Leafs have trouble beating the teams that they should beat, and sometimes have trouble beating the teams that they would have trouble with, like Tampa Bay. And coming off that game on Monday where I think they were thoroughly outplayed and not really in it at most points in the game. I think they need to step up and, and sort of take out the Hawks who are, you know, still have Kane and Taves and still have some talent there, but this is a team that they should be. The Chicago Blackhawks represent a crumbling empire. One, one that's not, not totally irrelevant now, but it's glory of the past. So the Leafs aren't playing against the team that they're trying to measure up to. I think they're playing against the team that they respect, um, but need to beat and move forward in thinking about how to nip at the heels of a team like the Boston Bruins. And then, of course, we saw a just a thorough slapdown, a beatdown um, at Scotiabank Arena <clears throat> the other night. And for my money, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to win the Stanley Cup. And if they don't, it's a huge missed opportunity for them because this, this team is ready to win. They're playing every single game like they're ready to win. And, you know, I hope that Mike Babcock and the crew, uh, amid all of that other stupid stuff um, that really didn't have much of an impact on the game but had huge impact on social media, sadly, thought about how they can become that team that kicked the crap out of them the other night and – the Leafs have that capability, my friend. They are, they are the heirs of par- heir apparent, in my opinion, and the heir to the throne who will overtake the throne by any means necessary is the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, Mike, it's, it's all a learning process right now because the Leafs are smart. They'll absorb it. The question is, what are they going to do between now and whenever their season ends to set themselves uh, apart from most of the rest of the league and push themselves even an inch closer to becoming that next team after Tampa to win a Stanley Cup. 
Well, I mean, right now in the, in the immediate future, it's getting your, getting yourself healthy and getting yourself on the path to having the most success you possibly can in the playoffs. And that means right now for the Leafs, um, you know, there was some illness in the locker room with Zach Hyman almost missing the game and Casper Kapanen being held out. That's a short-term thing. The long-term thing is uh, the health of the defense. And it was encouraging that Travis Dermott was skating uh, I think it was on Monday at uh, Scotiabank Arena well before the morning skate, but he's got a shoulder injury, so he's just trying to stay in shape and stay keep his conditioning up. It's probably the same thing that happened with Matthews while his shoulder injury was happening, so I don't think you're going to see Dermot until probably late March, which, which is around the four-week uh, diagnosis for the shoulder injury. We haven't heard anything about Jake Gardner. There was supposed to be some sort of indication of the severity of his back problems and you know where that would take them. Uh, the, the news from the Marlies is not encouraging either. Sheldon Keefe indicated on the weekend that Callie Rosen and Andreas Borgman, who both have NHL experience and who probably would have been in the mix to be called up with injuries, they're nowhere close to being ready to come back. So right now it's surviving the next four weeks with a rotation of Justin Hall, Ozaganoff, and Marinson, mm-hmm. and probably overworking your top four, which is not the best thing. But if they can get home ice advantage uh, doing that, that and they get their players back late in the season, then it may work out for the Look, Leafs. Look, it's never going to be good enough for – us it's never going to be good enough for the Leafs it should never be good enough for Mike Babcock Kyle Dubas Austin Matthews Mitch Marner the list goes on and on and on it should never be good enough for anyone ever because that's how you continue to get better I mean when you look back and everything's done you could be satisfied with what you accomplished and know that you have steps a b and c to take to reach the pinnacle but where we are right now, I don't think anybody can be satisfied. Even though the Leafs are on pace for 100-plus points, um, the, this team can be so much better. And, and that's what I try to reiterate when we have these discussions, Mike. The, the ultimate prize is the Stanley Cup. There's nothing. Sustainability and all this nonsense. You, you will build sustainability if you're responsible in the way you construct your project. You will be sustainable. When the Blackhawks built their, their championships, three of them, they didn't think to themselves, you know, let's – Let's build a team that will get up 95 points a season for uh, 10 years, and then we'll see what happens. No, let's win Stanley Cups, and we know that when we win one, we're going to win more and more and more because we'll have pieces that need to go out. Other pieces can be interchanged. We have our core. We go forward. The Leafs are doing the same thing. I think the key between now, and I've said this before, Mike, between now and whenever is to continue to get better. And guys like Martin Marinson and or Igor Ozaganov, especially Marinson, I, I don't like him. I know you don't like him. A lot of people don't like him. I don't know, Martin. You probably don't go on social media. Thankfully, there's no reason to. But um, a lot of people think you're trash. Go out there and, I don't know, be better. Be a guy who (laughs) makes a difference. I doubt if he can. But be a guy that makes a difference. You have this opportunity now. And you're on a a team that um, is going to the first round of the playoffs to take on a, a Boston Bruins team that needs to be dumped. And maybe he's a part. Maybe these guys... Maybe these guys are setting themselves up for a really big moment because let's face facts, Mike. The Leafs Stanley Cup for this season is acquired by doing one thing, beating the Boston Bruins in a best of seven. 
Yeah, and I, I, I said yesterday in writing a little piece for uh, one of the websites, many websites I write for, <laughs> that you know the the, the, the most the, the most um, are you doing are you doing an article thing. for Wayfair now? No, no. The most the most irrational thing that uh, came out early in the season was the fact that the Leafs were a Stanley Cup favorite. You know, well, when they signed Tavares, we were all there. When they were... Like everybody was hyped up. I said right. I said but, they were going to win but, the Stanley but, Cup uh, about four months ago. I mean, but again, though, I'll say whatever I need to say on any given day because, we're, you know, no, it, we're just having fun here, right? And we feel what we feel. Well, no, I, 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 I get, I get that. But what, what I'm saying is, and we're talking, we're not talking about people who are emotionally invested in the team, like both of us are. You know, we, we followed them since we were kids. We're talking about people who the bottom line is the odds. The bottom line is betting lines. Yeah. And we're talking about like Vegas having the Leafs as the Stanley Cup favorite. And obviously they don't know what hockey is because you look at that. T- and I've been saying this. I've been saying this since July. Great. They have one of the best forward compliments in the league. That's not going to change. You're never going anywhere with a defense mm. that has players like Ozaganov and Marinson mm. and a 38-year-old Ron Hainsey playing 25 minutes a night. And until they have a better defense, this team is going nowhere, especially in a, div- in a division where they have Tampa and Boston who are the measuring okay. sticks. They have to first get by them to win a Stanley Cup. Please never use Ron Hainsey's name in vain. Ron Hainsey means more to that defense core than Martin Marinson or Igor Azaganov or uh, Nikita Zaitsev, in my opinion. It's if, if there's a problem back there, it's not his fault. He, he, should be a, he should win another Stanley Cup with the Maple Leafs as the sixth or seventh defenseman. So, the, the, so anytime he has a problem, you, you pat him on the back and say, Ron, thanks for being here, man. You've won your cups. Your, your Viking River cruise is waiting to go. Thanks for being here. The, this should have been better for you, Ron. It's it's unfortunately he is here a couple of years too a little bit too early. If if Ron Hainsey were the sixth or seventh in a, a year or two, and Kyle Dubas went out and actually made some responsible acquisitions to help make the defense a championship caliber blue line core, then we'd be fine. But people who get on Ron Hainsey but don't want to get on Jake Gardner or William Nylander or Martin Marinson. I mean, they're hypocrites, and I, I don't want to get, I don't want to start slamming Leaf fans and stuff like that as I'm apt to do. But it's just reality, it's just truth. Ron Hainsey is not the problem because he was not brought here to be Tim Horton. He was here to be a complimentary piece. The thing is, he can't compliment anybody because you don't have enough pieces to compliment. Mike, before we go, um, it's unbelievable. I'm just checking out the, the stats on NHL.com. Is it okay to look at basic stats, or do I need to? Um, Get my uh, Google uh, sheets out. Um, so Tampa, 110 points, 70 games played, uh, 12 to go, 110 points with 12 games to go. Like, that's, that's lunacy. The Leafs, 89 points, Boston, 93. So those three are locked into the top three. The question is, can the Leafs somehow go on a five- or six-game win streak here towards the end, which they probably could, and get, get ahead of Boston? They might be able to do it <clears throat> on the final day. But what really stands out to me, Mike, and I just – I don't know, when you were younger and you watched hockey, or did you just get into hockey like in the uh, early 2000s, Mike? You're American. You, you, hockey was, did you discover hockey late? Um, when I was younger, I used to look at the box scores because I was so excited about how many points Wayne Gretzky would get on any given night, right? And it was always Gretzky versus Lemieux. And I, I just want to see how, how – this is back in the day when 
points were just easy to get, right? Gretzky a five night. He'd have five or three five point nights in a week. Nikita Kucherov has 111 points. Pat Kane, who's with the uh, Blackhawks tonight in Toronto against the Leafs, has 98 points. Connor McDavid, 98. For as crappy a season as the Oilers are, and as much of a um, you know a burning mattress as that whole situation is, McDavid just quietly another 98 points. And we go on about Mitch Marner. I love the kid. Best player on the team right now. 82 points. Well, maybe John Tavares might be just as good. 82 points. In a lot of ways, this is a, a visceral, optical, you know, in some ways tangible way to, to see the difference in caliber. I mean, the Leafs, for as good as we think they are, and they really are in reality, there's still such, there's still a ways to go. So I guess we have to temper, and I have to do this myself, temper the expectation, temper the, the disappointment with an understanding that, Things have been good. We'll look back on it and realize it's been a successful season. And for as much of a splash as they made in July 1st last year, and for as great a talent core as this group has and as flashy as this team can be, if you want to win that big jug, man, you still have to be better. And we should be excited about the challenges that are imminent and potentially overcoming them, but also be excited about the opportunity to take this group that's not necessarily ready, it's primed and wants to be ready, go forward and make it happen, Mike. No disputing that the pieces are there to build this team, to, be, to have them be a Stanley Cup uh, contender and possibly win a cup in the next mm-hmm. few years. It's just a question of the support structure around those star players, and that's going to be the task of Kyle Dubas over the next few years to get the defense better, to you know have forwards that support Matthews, Marner, Tavares, that, you know, provide a different skill set you know not just pure skill throughout the lineup not just all speed but guys who will play with aggressiveness guys who provide some size you saw that in tampa bay that's a versatile team it's not a team that's one dimensional now just to, to briefly um the leafs did sign uh, a kid uh, an ncaa product uh named joseph dusek um with 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 these yeah, I mean, I think, and you know, I, I think that the best college free agent ever might have been Marty San Luis. Oh, for sure. Um, but he's and he's all a famer. But you know, Tyler Bozek was a pretty big success for the Leafs. And I know that people have criticized him over the years for you know for certain things, but I'm not going there because I think he, overall he was a success. Mm-hmm. And I think you know if they would have been able to sign Jimmy VC, I think he would have been a success there. Um, he's doing okay with the Rangers. Um, we'll see what uh, Joseph Dusek and then they may they may go down the road of signing another NCAA uh, player in the next day or two. We'll see. What about Fabian Brunstrom? I think he's a car mechanic in Stockholm. <laughs> so, the, well, hold on a sec. And who's his valet? Aki Berg. No, no, no. Oh, no. no. Excuse me. Ricard, Ricard Valine. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And whatever happened to Jonas Gibson? I don't know. Michael, thanks a lot, man. <laughs> thanks, Norm.